Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. We do have some things to get into, and uh, of course this is uh, the first of our uh, strengthening meetings for this year, and uh, I wanted it to uh, be a time when uh, we have our uh, licensed ordained ministers and our alumni to come together and uh, strengthen you in the things of God, uh, because, and, and beyond that, there's much going on. There's a lot going on in the fellowship and in the churches, and uh, we're excited about what God's doing. Amen. Amen. I was so encouraged today. Uh, of course, we ministered this morning uh, on the uh, third part of Together We Can, and uh, we've been making the statement, you know, uh, separate we can't, but together we can. Amen. And uh, just how the Lord has, is speaking to people in line with what God is saying to us. And um, so we're excited about what the Lord's doing. Amen. And uh, I don't know that I've ever seen so many doors opening up so quickly, but the Lord had let us know that there was going to come a time when we would have to be very, very choosy about what we did because there was going to be so many opportunities. And uh, as we're getting into this, you can, you can go with me to the book of Luke chapter 3. Uh, but I want, I, I want to share some things that the Lord has talked to me about. Uh, well, keep your, your uh, uh, finger there in Luke chapter, uh, what I say, Luke chapter 3, and go over to Isaiah 54. Isaiah 54 and verse 17. It's a very familiar passage of Scripture, but it's so important. <clears throat> Amen. Uh, the Lord woke me up one morning. Um, oh, probably three o'clock in the morning, uh, not long ago, with this scripture uh, and quoting this scripture to me. And he said, of course, you can see it there. No weapon that is formed against you will prosper. And the Lord said to me, he said, the, the weapon is distraction. The weapon is distraction. All right. So no weapon that's formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that will rise against you in judgment, you will condemn. Notice that that is our heritage. That is our heritage. Now, I uh, wrote down in my Bible what that is declaring. Heritage is your inheritance. Our inheritance is no weapon formed against us will prosper. Our inheritance is every tongue that rises against us in judgment will condemn it. The Amplified Bible says prove it to be in the wrong. Amen. So moving into everything that God has for a fellowship, a church, churches, your life, your ministry, all right, because every, everyone that's part of our alumni, part of our fellowship, they don't minister in our church. But the point is, moving into that will require that guarding against distraction. It's, it's, a, it's a natural statistic, but most distracted driving accidents happen within three seconds. You look down, and you look up, boom. What, what, what was the key there? The distraction. Right. right? That's why distracted driving is a what? You don't do it. Some of y'all are just looking straight ahead. That means, that means you do. But <laughs> glory to God. Moving right along. I'm not going to get distracted. But there, there's so much that he's opening up. And uh, 
all of us have a part to play in that. All of us. Say out loud, all of us have a part to play. Now, let's go over to Luke chapter 3. And we want to talk and deal with this subject, this concept of impartation. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 3 and verse 11. And Jesus is, actually John the Baptist, is dealing here with the people that are coming to get baptized by him. And it says in verse 11, He answered and said to them, He that hath two coats, let him impart to him that hath none, and he that hath meat, let him do likewise. So look at that phrase. It says, let him impart to him. Now, obviously, we're not talking about coats in the service, but the the definition that the Lord gave to me for impartation was this. Impartation, he said, is the transfer of some spiritual endowment from one individual to another. The transfer of some spiritual endowment from one individual to another. Spiritual things, we understand, are tangible and transferable. Hallelujah. Say that out loud. Tangible and transferable. Now, this word, when you use the word impart, it's, it's only used twice in the New Testament. And it's in both instances, it means to give over, to share, or to impart. To give over, to share, or to impart. So what that is letting us know is that there's, there's something that that person gives over to someone else, they share with someone, or that they impart to someone. You, you've got to understand, anointings that are imparted, they're not just anointings to preach and teach. You may be here tonight, and, and, and you're, you're alumni, uh, uh, you, you, you have things that you're doing for God. Maybe you're not a preacher or a teacher, but here's the thing. The anointing to do, listen, the anointing to do whatever you're called to do is transferable. Amen? Amen? Because people will say, that guy's an anointed preacher, anointed to preach. Well, I, I understand what they're saying but the anointing, especially the anointing on the head of a ministry, the anointing on the head of a church, the anointing on the head of a fellowship can be transferred into that other person in a measure, and it'll help them do whatever they need to do for God. Amen. 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 So here we see the concept of impartation, which is what? Taking some of what is possessed and transferring it to another. He said, if you have two coats, impart to someone one of them. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see that? Glory to God. The, 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 The issue with the anointing is it's not to be hoarded up. It's to be transferred. Hallelujah. Because I've said this over the last few sessions that we're thinking more generationally now than ever before because of, of what's to come. Listen, I know, I know, I, I realize this. I realize that Jesus could return in the rapture for his church at any moment. There's no prophecies that have to be fulfilled for the rapture. to. It's, it's imminent. It's imminent every day. All right? But, but here's what you've got to understand. The Bible tells you and I that until that day, we are to occupy until he returns. Amen. The, the Lord spoke some of, some of this to us this morning. Folks, listen. It, it does not matter what happens on the political scene in the months and the weeks and the years that are coming. I, I'm telling you. If, if you would have listened to a lot of people three years ago, three and a half years ago now, 
you would have thought the whole world's going to go up in smoke. There's no hope. Nothing can possibly go right. Yet there's people sitting under the sound of my voice. You have prospered more in the three years than you have in the what? What the world calls the worst of times. Amen. Glory. God's got things he needs to get done. He told us this morning there are things that are urgent. There's an urgency. He said, these things are urgent. I, I've got to get them to you. And it's not just these things uh, that we're talking about revelation. He said, there, there are things financially that are urgent. They have to get into your life. I have to bring you out. And, and he said to us, he said that 2024, he added to what he had already told us about peace and overcoming victory. And he said 2024 was the year of recompense. And in 2024, you would sorrow no more. And in 2024, there would be an open door. And that open door would be an open door of favor. It would be an open door of miracles. It would be an open door of financial abundance. Amen. So he said, shout and, and proclaim, 2024 is my year of recompense. Oh, glory. So recompense is to pay someone for services rendered or a job, but it also is to pay somebody for things that were stolen from them. Harm or hurt that they experienced. Amen. Are you following me? Glory to God. How do I know that's going to happen? I've been getting paid back a lot lately. Paid back a lot. Amen. And you're about to get paid back. Amen. Tell your neighbor, I'm about to get paid back. I need, I need you to grab that. That pain, that suffering the enemy's tried to put you through. You're going to get recompense for that. You're going to get paid back for that. Oh, hallelujah. Glory. Amen. Look at Romans chapter 1, please. Hallelujah. Whatever, whatever God has called you to do. Amen. Whatever God's laid on your heart, it's, you've entered a season of acceleration. Romans chapter 1 and verse 11, Paul was writing to the church at Rome. He had never been there, and he tells them, I long to see you. Notice that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift. For what purpose? To the end that you may be established. That you may be established. So Paul said the results of that impartation would be establishment. Establishment. So when he talks about established, it means to set fast or to turn resolutely in a certain direction or to strengthen. To set steadfast, to turn resolutely in a certain direction or to strengthen. When I was reading that one day, that's when the Lord told me, I want you to have strengthening meetings every quarter. And so there'll be two here this year and two in Little Rock. But, amen. This means that through impartation, there are things that can be set fast in my life. Giftings, callings, anointings. That can be set fast in my life. There are things that can be resolutely turned in a certain direction. Brother, something that needs to be turned to a better direction. Amen. Something that needs to be stopped. It can, it can occur through impartation. And then there are things that can be strengthened through impartation. And we'll talk about how impartation occurs, but there's a spiritual supply within the one imparting for the one being imparted to. Amen. Hallelujah. It's important. 
Because the, 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 more, the longer that you do what God's asked you to do, if, and, and here's something that I've learned. If you're doing it right, you get, not only do you get better at it, you get more determined to do it, and you get stronger in it. Amen. I, th- I think I'm more determined now to see what God wants us to do than ever before. Look at Numbers chapter 27. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Tell your neighbors, I'm getting strengthened tonight. I want you to do all God wants you to do. Amen. All that God wants you to do. Numbers 27, and let's start in verse 15. And Moses spake to the Lord, saying, Let the Lord God of the spirits of all flesh set a man over the congregation. Now, it always always blessed me that God has just told Moses, You're not going into the promised land. I'll I'll take you and let you see it, but you're not going. And Moses' first thought is, what about the people? That's his first thought. Let the, the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, set a man over the congregation. Oh, hallelujah. Which may go out before them and go in before them and may lead them out and bring them in that the congregation of the Lord be not a sheep that has no shepherd. And the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, son of Nun, a man in whom is the Spirit. And notice, here he says, Lay your hand upon him. Set him before Eliezer the priest, before all the congregation. Give him a charge in their sight. And you will put some of your honor on him, that all the congregation of the children of Israel may be obedient. Oh, hallelujah. Verse 23, and he laid his hands upon him and gave him a charge as the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses. Hallelujah. He commissioned him as the Lord had commanded him. Now, what we see here is that laying on of hands was the means or the channel that the impartation occurred through. Joshua was talented and gifted, yet there was something that impartation could provide. I can have knowledge, I can have talent, I can have ability, but there's something that impartation causes to come further into my life. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Paul is writing to Timothy, of course. The Amplified Bible, the Amplified version of this verse, 2 Timothy chapter 1, beginning in verse 5, it said, This is why I would remind you to stir up, rekindle the embers of, fan the flame of, keep burning the gracious gift of God, the inner fire that's in you, how? By means of laying on of my hands with those of the elders at your ordination, God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craving and cringing and fawning fear, but he's given us a spirit of power and of love and of a calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. So notice where he starts. He says that what God has given has to be stirred up. Has to be stirred up. The spirit of power, the spirit of love, the spirit of a calm, well-balanced mind, the spirit of discipline, self-control, those can all be stirred up. And Paul said that was imparted into Timothy by the laying on of his hands. Hallelujah. Much of what people want to be can only be as it's imparted. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The inner fire, he said, was given by the laying on 
of Paul's hands. So in order to tap into what God had given Timothy, Timothy had to stir it up. See, impartations don't leave. They have to be stirred up. Anything can go dormant. It has to be stirred up. Oh, hallelujah. Well, how do, how do I stir it up? Well, the, the understanding there is that I understand it. I, I stir it up, number one, by, by praying in the Holy Ghost. But you got to talk about it. you got to remind yourself of that. Amen. Certain impartations in my life. I've had people have taken pictures when they happen, and I, I, I put them on my wall because I want to remember what happened then. Keeps it in my mind. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Do, do you see that? And it doesn't matter what age you are or how long you've been doing what you're doing, how young you are, how old you are, the gender that you are, male or female, doesn't matter. The, the, the ethnicity that you may be, black, white, Hispanic, whatever, it doesn't matter. In impartations are not gender-specific, they are not race-specific, and they're not age-specific. Impartation will come to the one that pursues it. If you pursue it, you can have it. I'll show you something in a minute, because... Uh, uh, very, very often people think these things just randomly fall on us. It has to be pursued. Oh, hallelujah. So impartations don't leave. They have to be stirred up. Hallelujah. So, so what, what can happen is you can have something imparted into your life, and maybe you pay attention to it, maybe you don't. It's still there. It has to be stirred up. Nobody else has to do what I, was, I am called to do if I'll stir it up. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. I remember when uh, in 2013, uh, Charles Capps and Dr. Dufresne, they both went to heaven in 2013. And I remember pulling up in front of our house and, and, and they had both went to heaven, and I knew both of them. And uh, I, I, I kind of just sat back and actually leaned forward and just kind of put my head on my steering wheel and was just talking to the Lord about it. And the Lord said to me, he said, uh, rooms are being vacated. Rooms are being vacated. You know, in 2023, in the church, a lot of rooms were vacated. Brother, you know it or not, there's a whole lot of people going home. When you look around at the people that we respect so greatly, folks, we're going to turn around twice and they're going to be gone. What are we going to do with the impartations that has been given to us through them? Through those people that have faithfully poured into our lives. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Look, look at how much things have changed just in our fellowship in the short last five years. How much things have changed. Things have changed. But what, what, what hasn't changed is the impartation that God has given. And you can go through challenges. You can go through setbacks. You can go through things that, that kind of cause you to take a step back. But the impartation's there. And the impartation has the ability to help you redeem your time and catch up. Glory to God. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm not, I'm not behind. I'm catching up. Oh, glory. So he said to me, he said, rooms are being vacated. And I knew what he meant because uh, in, in the Old Testament, uh, when uh, Elijah was running from Jezebel and he was in the cave, the Lord spoke to him and he said, I want you to go back. And he said, I want you to anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, to be king. And I want you to anoint Elisha, the son of Shaphat, to be prophet in your room. I think the King James says stead. It's, it's the word room, in your room. Hallelujah. 
in your room. Tell, you, tell your neighbor, say, I've got a room. Say, I've got a room I'm supposed to be in. Everybody. Everybody has one. Amen. It, it, you, you might be a preacher, a teacher, a prophet, an apostle, whatever it may be. But here's, here's the thing. I want you to understand this. If you're called to be an evangelist, pastor, prophet, teacher, whatever it is, that's wonderful. But if you're not called, you can't look at what you're... Everybody's called. And you can't look at what you're called to do as less than what somebody else is called to do because you've got a part in that room. We, we said today that all the parts in the body have been set there by God. God has put them in the body as he desired. Amen. Is that right? So, so that, that's why he said in 1 Corinthians, he said, uh, God hath set some in the church. Firstly, apostles, then prophets, right? Then teachers. Then uh, he talks about the gift of the evangelist and the gift of the, the pastor. But then he says, helps. Diversities of tongues. Now, why is that important? Because, because we see the gifts, we see the fivefold ministry gifts, but right there in the middle of that, we see helps. Well, what would helps constitute? It would constitute praise and worship. It would constitute ushers. It would constitute greeters. It would constitute a, a, a cleaning crew. It would constitute parking lot staff. What, whatever is there helping. And notice where it's at. Right in the middle of the fivefold ministry gifts. Why? Because the fivefold ministry gifts can't do what they're called to do without helps. Can't do it. Can't do it. I hear all my helps ministers shouting, and I like that. Can't do it. Now, but how can they do their job even better? Impartation. 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 Amen. So the ushers are ushering with the same anointing the pastor preaches with. Right? The worship team is singing and leading in worship with the same anointing that the pastor's pastoring with. Why? Because we talked this morning, there's one source of power, and it's adapted to every part of the body. That's what the Amplified Bible says, adapted to the need. Is that right? So you have a room. There is equipment in your room. I have to learn to use it. Have to learn to use it. I have a good friend named Dr. Michael Jacobs. And uh, he was uh, praying. They were praying at their church one time. He pastored, well, used to be. His son does now. He travels now mostly in, in uh, uh, Indiana. And uh, long story short, they, he was praying. He was praying in the Spirit. And he got over in the Spirit. And there was a lot to it. I'll, I'll shorten it. But he got over in the Spirit and he got over into a room. And he saw all this equipment in the room. While he was in the spirit. Well, he ceased praying in the spirit and came to himself. And uh, he just went on. He, he noted that and just went on. And a few couple months later, the Lord asked him, uh, when were you planning to talk to me about the equipment in that room? See, he was moving into another flow, and there was equipment that needed to be learned how to be used. Part of what's going to happen in these meetings is you're going to get that impartation to know how to flow in that new equipping. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. So rooms are being vacated. See... When a man of God leaves the earth, that anointing stays in the earth. That's what the Lord said to me. That anointing stays in the earth. It's not, who did the mantle fall on? That's what people will say. Well, who, who, who did so-and-so's anointing fall on? Nobody. Somebody picked it up. Didn't just fall on somebody. This is important. Amen. So it's not who did it fall on, it's who picked it up. 
Amen. You know, there's, there's people under the sound of my voice, you've experienced some of the same things, but I've, I've told the story over and over again about praying here on a Monday night, our fifth year of pastoring the church, and uh, uh, the Lord speaking to me. We had that uh, baby grand piano right up here, and I was praying under that piano, and uh, the Lord s- spoke to me, and he asked me, he said, what does the number five mean? How, many, how long, he said, how long have you been pastoring the church? I said, five years. He said, how long, the two pastors previous, how long did each of them pastor? I said, five years. He said, what does five mean? I said, it means grace. Grace. He said, he said, I gave them five years to do what I asked them to do, and now I've given you five years. They wouldn't do it. Will you do it? Right? And I said, yes. Well, think about that. So right off, here's what you gather real quick. I wasn't first in line. I was third, but I was willing to get in the room. Is that right? Whatever the scope is of what God's asked you to do, you can't make light of it and make small of it because that's your room. And you don't want to belittle what God's called you to do. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Oh, glory. Tell your neighbor, I won't belittle what God's asked me to do. Amen. Amen. I've had people over the years say, well, Pastor, nobody knows me. So? God knows you. He called you. God knows you. I say, God calls you. God knows you. Amen. I remember I had a friend of mine one time, and he's still a friend of mine, but he, he, had, he had been here for a meeting, and we were sitting in the back, and he began to ask me some questions. And you know what his questions were? How do you get these people to come to your church? How do you get Jerry to come to your, Jerry Savelle to come to your church? How do, how, do you, how, do you, how do you get these people to come to your church? I gave him a deep revelation. I said, I ask. Right? It ne- Listen, it never bothered me that I didn't have a huge auditorium. There are people in here, you were here when Charles Capps was at this church. Were we packed? We had chairs up to here. He had about this much space to preach. I remember we walked in here, and he looked at me, and he said, I know how a sardine feels now. (laughs) But my Lord, the impact, the impact, and it was just as packed that Sunday night. Hallelujah. Are you following me? Because I'm not going to make little of what God has asked me to do. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. So say it again. I'm not going to belittle what God has asked me to do. So whatever your job is in the room that you're in, that's your job. That's what God's asked you to do. There's an impartation to make you successful in that. Amen. Amen. I, I, I can't worry about what everybody else does or everybody else is doing. I run into pastors, and they get so frustrated when other churches start a church in their city. And I just want to, I want to, I, I try to explain to them, say, look, it don't matter. They're not doing what God's called you to do. Amen. Yeah, but they start a church in my city. Well, why does that matter? Why does, why does that, don't be so, um, Lord, help me with the right word. Don't be so small-minded. You know, DeSoto's not a very big city. But if everybody in DeSoto decided to come to church tonight, we don't have enough churches in the city to hold them all. Let alone Johnson County. Right? Right here in this room tonight, 
We have representatives from Johnson County, Leavenworth, woohoo! Wyandotte, yeah, right? Missouri, yeah. Amen, right? Lawrence, Olathe, Lenexa, right here tonight. So whatever the scope of what anybody thinks, we're touching our surrounding communities and counties, and, and, and everybody that comes to church is not here. This is primarily alumni and ordained licensed ministers. When, when you make little and light of what God's asked you to do, then you'll pull back. God, God cannot give you insights. God cannot give you comprehensive details and ideas because you, you're making it small. Hallelujah. Does that make sense? Who picked it up? Who picked it up? Not who did it fall on, who picked it up. When, when God brought us here, he dropped something in my spirit that I had to pick up. Amen. Amen. When, when God asked us to plant the church in Little Rock, he said there's things in the city of Little Rock that, that have been laid down, and you got to pick them up. There's things that's been laid down, and you got to pick them up. But the Lord said to, uh, hallelujah, he said to us uh, through Annette Caps on the 16th of July, amen, and he said, there are those who have aborted the move of God in this city. There are those who have hindered it. But now, it rests on you. I will reestablish it. I will reestablish it. It will come forth. Somebody's got to pick that up. Right? How, how, how do we do that? Impartation. Who picked it up? I say, who picked it up? Not who did it fall on. Right. Who picked it up? So you can make a decision sitting there tonight that there are things you're going to pick up. Amen. Ever what it may be, you're going to pick it up. Whatever God's called you to do, God might have called you to teach. God might have called you to preach. God, whatever he called you to do, th there's things you got to pick up. Amen. I was, um, I was over with Jay and Debbie some time ago, uh, Eberly. They started their church there in um, Lee Summit. Is that right, Lee Summit? Yeah. And uh, uh, I was there for one of their meetings, and I was sitting on the front row, and the Lord kept speaking to me. And he said, uh, when you talk to him tonight, you tell him that there's things that have been put down in this city that I've sent him here to pick back up. If they got to be picked up, what does that mean? That they're not being picked up. Amen. Right? The only way you don't do what God's called you to do is if you don't pick it up. Amen. That's it. And that's what gives you the tenacity. Am I helping you? Now notice, no one can take their place but their anointing can be walked in. Look at 2 Kings chapter 2. We're not very much longer. This is my last verse. Then I, I want to pray. I want to lay hands on as many as who would like. 2 Kings chapter 2. You know, and that's what's so important 
about being a spiritual son, a spiritual daughter, is that you, you carry the same anointing. You carry that same spiritual DNA. Amen. And, and this, is, this is something that's so crucial. And it's, it's not that we see each other all the time. Right? Amen. You know, I thank God for FaceTime. I get to talk to my grandkids. What about your kids? Eh, my grandkids. Now, I'm joking. I'm joking about that. But, right? Hallelujah. But here, here's the point. Here, here's the point. I don't get to see everybody all the time. I got kids all around the United States. Got some in Illinois. Got, got one in Boston. Actually, what is it? Rich is Boston, right? Is it, yeah, yeah. Rich's like, I don't know. I've been in Kansas a long time. Right? But I don't get to see them all the time. But it doesn't change who I am. Is that right? What you carry, you carry. I got to stir it up. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 11. I want to show you this concept. And it came to pass as they went on and talked that there appeared a chariot of fire and the horses of fire and parted them asunder and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel, the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more and took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. And notice, he took up the mantle of Elijah that fell from him. He took it up. He went and picked it up. Stood by the river Jordan. Of course, he smoked the waters, and they went hither and thither. Glory to God. So what did he do? What was he doing this whole time when you start in uh, verse 1 of chapter 2, and it talks about it came to pass that the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind. And he told Elisha, he said, and I'm not going to go through all this, but he said, stay here. The Lord sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said, hmm, as the Lord lives, I, I'm, I won't do that. I'm going with you. Then he went from Bethel to, to uh, uh, Jericho, and then he went from Jericho to Jordan. And each time he said, I'm, I'm going with you. What did he do? He placed himself in a position to pick up the impartation of Elijah. He put himself in a position to receive it. Oh, hallelujah. Now, what's the significance then? There were 50, and they were all sons of the prophets. These were 50 people, 50 men that had studied under Elijah. Right? What was the significance there? And I've heard people talk about 50s, the number of Pentecost, and all these different things. Well, I understand that, but... As I was looking at this, the Lord said something to me. He said, the 50 watched, Elisha pursued. The 50 watched. They, everywhere it mentions the 50, it said they stood afar off. You know, we're all in a room, but if you're outside watching, you can see what's going on, but you're not in the room. Right? If you want what's in the room, what do you got to do? Get in the room. <laughs> right? Get in the room. Hallelujah. He picked it up. Hallelujah. So tonight, I have one other comment after this, but so tonight, not only are you going to be strengthened, you're going to pick some things up. Pick some things up. Pick some things up. Amen. Amen. Impartation. How does it come? Number one, through the laying on of hands. Through the laying on of hands. The most prominent way, through the laying on of hands. Number two, being under 
the ministry of that individual, that man, that woman, that person being under their ministry. Number three, being in their presence. That can be through conversation, times together. But books, recorded messages, I can pick things up. So important. Glory to God. And uh, we're in a position that we've never been in before. Hallelujah. The Apostle Paul was writing to the church at Rome, and he said, Inasmuch as I am the apostle to the Gentiles. Then he made this statement. He said, I magnify my office. What does that mean? You have to make much of what God's asked you to do. Who magnifies it? You magnify it. Well, I don't want to mag- magnify myself. Well, you can't. Listen, you got to magnify what God's asked you to do. You got to think much of it. The, the other side of that is false humility. Oh, well, I'm nothing. It's all God. No, it's not. God's better than that. Amen. A guy, guy told a story, true story. Bill Gaither asked this young man to sing one time, and the young man sang. And after he got done singing, Bill Gaither went up to him and said, that was very good. And the man said, oh, Brother Bill, that was all Jesus. He said, no, it wasn't, son. Jesus is better than that. Well, you know, it wasn't being mean. It's just that's pride. If somebody says, boy, you did a good job, what do you say? Thank you. Praise God. Thank you. Magnify your office. If, if you're a good preacher, you're a good preacher. Amen. If you're a good pastor, you're a good pastor. If you're a good whatever, you're good at it. Magnify your office. You're not magnifying yourself. Oh, glory. So you're going to be strengthened because we're in a time like we've never been in before. Right now, at this point in our ministry, I have more to give than I've ever had. It's for a few reasons. Number one, that that anointing keeps growing. Number two, I know more. Oh, hallelujah. So we have more to give. Hallelujah. You know, just before we lay hands on you tonight, God's doing wonderful things. I say God's doing wonderful things. And uh, we're believing God for great things. As we sang tonight, I'm expecting great things. Oh, glory. You know, the Lord told us some number of months ago, actually it would have been back last uh, November, I was at the, uh, I'm, uh, one of the organizations I'm ordained through is Brother Jerry's ministry, Heritage of Faith, uh, Jerseyville Ministries. And uh, I, was, I was there at the minister's conference, at his minister's conference. His is in November. Brother Copeland has his in January. And uh, I was there, and the Lord kept talking to me with this one phrase, cover Arkansas. Cover Arkansas. And you know, people say, well, you know, Pastor, but we're in Kansas, and you, you talk about Arkansas. Yeah, but there's, there's no distance. There's no separation. We're one church in two locations. Soon to be more than one church. More than two churches. But uh, you understand? And here, here's my point. He said, as you cover Arkansas... All other facets of your ministry will flourish. So his directive for this house is to fill the house. How are we going to do that as we cover Arkansas? It's going to happen. Amen. Well, the Lord's been good and gracious to us. 
and those doors are opening up even more and more. Uh, in April, we plant faith builders in Pine Bluff, uh, Arkansas, and uh, we're, I'm, I'm not pastoring that church, <laughs> by the way. Uh, we got a pastor, but he's going to pastor that church. Brother James Alexander is going to pastor that church, and uh, already things are already in line. We've already got the charter and everything ready to go, but my point is, is what God's asked us to do, we're doing. We're covering it. Amen. This, this church soon is going to be touching Missouri. Amen. Pastor Morton has given his church to me in Grandview. Amen. And so just as soon as a couple things are, are in line, we're going to be pastoring that church. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, how are you going to do all that? I'm going to keep imparting into you, and you're going to help me. You're on board, right? You're on board, right? Amen. I believe that everything God has asked us to do is going to come to pass. I believe that. I say, I believe that. Glory be to God. I believe that. Tell your neighbor, I believe that. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord's good to us. Amen. Pastor Michelle has two new books coming out from Harrison House this year. Intervention Prayers in English. Intervention Prayers in Spanish. I can still take you and show you her notebook all those years ago when she wrote in her, her notebook when nobody knew us. She said, Lord, my desire is to be an author with Harrison House Publishers. This will be her third book with Harrison House Publishers. The Lord will do what he said he would do if you'll just stay faithful to what he's asked you to do. I'm not bragging on me or her or us. I'm telling you, everything, what God said to us, right? He said, everything I promised you, when he talked about the year of recompense, he said, everything I promised you, what did he say? It's upon you. It's upon you. It's here. What are we going to do? Pick it up. We're going to pick it up. I say, we're going to pick it up. Amen. We're going to pick it up. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Let me uh, pray for all the men first. Glory to God. Y'all just come on up and line up. Glory to God.